After her husband's affair, Amanda thought her marriage was over, but then she found our broadcast app. So really, focus on the family gave me hope,、uh, and it gave me a change in perspective. You know that no, not every marriage is going to end. There is hope. I'm Jim Daly. Together, we can rescue more marriages like Amanda's, especially during this pandemic. Donate today at focusonthefamily.ca/give. Today on Focus on the Family, we're returning to a powerful conversation with Emily Coulson. She's the mother of Max, and he has severe autism. I cannot tell you what an extraordinary journey this has been. I mean, the highest highs, you know, John, and the lowest lows. But I would not trade this for anything, and I've never actually met. A family that would trade it. No, we want to erase a couple of days. Anybody feel that way about life? We would just like that big eraser, and let's just forget about that part. Right. But what God has given me, the beauty that He's given me, I think is so much brighter because it's been so difficult. Well, we have more, as I said, from Emily Coulson today. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller.、Uh, John, we shared last time how Emily Coulson is not only a wonderful mother to Max,、uh, she's also a pro-life advocate.、Uh, she's challenging our culture today to not ignore or devalue people who don't look like you or me, who、uh, may have mental or physical limitations, and they might not even、uh, be born yet, but they've been created in the image of God, and that's what we need to remember.、Uh, that's why Emily joined us in Tampa, Florida,、uh, for a pro-life event last fall. With a large crowd of Focus fans and friends,、uh, we had a great time together as we reminded everyone about the sacred value of human life. If you missed our program last time,、uh, download it, get a copy, or get our broadcast app so you can listen on the go.、Uh, it was inspiring and challenging for all of us in the Christian community about how to live out our pro-life convictions every day. We have the entire conversation. In case you missed part one of the discussion with Emily, including、uh, what we're going to share today, along with her book "Dancing with Max: A Mother and Son Who Broke Free,"、uh, just call eight hundred the letter A and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca to find out more. And last time we shared how Emily has been a single mom to Max for more than twenty-six years. And she has a very familiar last name for some folks.、Um, here's part two of the conversation with Emily Coulson on Focus on the Family. Many of you, if not all of you, remember Chuck Coulson. He worked in the Nixon administration. He was、uh, one of the attorneys in there. But I, what was his official role? Special counsel to President Nixon. Yeah, there you go. Yes. And he's、uh, so hard charger. He was a marine. Yeah, he was a marine. I mean, yeah. You never stop being a marine. This I know. <laughs> <laughs> And in that context,、um, you wrote in your book about how much he, at the beginning, how your dad struggled to connect with Max.、Mm-hmm. Describe that. And that really is going to help many of us men. Right. And he was so transparent about it when he wrote about it. Uh, when we came together to be on the program, that was so special, and he was、that、very was. transparent about that early struggle and not really understanding what do I do? Here's this super type A guy, and in comes 
super type A autism grandchild, <laughs> right? Like they both have, I'm telling you, they both have the same level of energy. It's just that my dad went in a straight line, Max is a little more zigzag. Yeah, they yeah, both have go. the same energy. <laughs> but I think in the early, very early years, my dad kept trying to teach Max. I think he thought that was his opportunity, was to impart his great wisdom. And yeah. You know, who wouldn't want one-on-one teaching time with Chuck Colson? Well, right. Max. Max, <laughs> Max did not want one-on-one teaching time with Chuck Colson. And it wasn't until my dad got sick. He had the flu. We were down there visiting. And all he could really do was sit on the couch and, and observe. So he just watched. Yeah. Where my dad was such a doer and goer. And he just had to be... And in that, it really changed his perspective and his understanding. I remember we went back to the airport after that visit, and we had this wonderful, deep talk about Max and why would God bring this child into our lives. And I remember it was the first time my dad realized this was an opportunity for him to learn about sacrificial love and the sanctity of human life in a deeper way. What I, I love a lot about my dad. But one of the things I love is that when he had one of those aha moments, he didn't just write it in his journal and move on. He changed his behavior. He changed the way he lived when he had one of those aha moments. And so he ended up, every time we'd come down to Florida for a visit, he would clear his schedule. And we came down to visit a lot. And we would just do everything Max loved to do. And my dad was just present with Max. Instead of trying to pull Max into his world, he entered in with Max. They became the best of friends. And I, I think... I think now how often my dad would say that Max influenced him more than anyone else in his life. Wow, think More of than that. someone in the halls of power in the White House, more than the great theologians that he rubbed elbows with, but his grandson with autism who struggled to speak. How remarkable of God to send such a mentor for my dad in the second half of his ministry years. Think of that. Think of that. And so many people would miss that completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd say like that woman where we started the program, mm-hmm. that woman, you know, I wish I would have aborted this mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And how you find God's goodness in this difficulty is such a key to understanding the heart of God, isn't it? Watching for the beauty, because the beauty is there. It's often in very, very challenging circumstances, but God will show himself. You know, uh, it's been, I think, about eight years since your father passed away, and we all miss him, don't we? Yeah, I mean, we really do. Your dad, he was like, a modern-day Apostle Paul. And when I told him that, he so humbly said, no, nah, it's a little high of a range. But no, it's true. I mean, a it's well-learned true. individual. When you sat with your dad, I mean, he'd say, you know, Jim, 
Aristotle once said, <laughs> right? Am I yeah. not right? You know, and of course, uh, <laughs> Topukali and up on Google. Right? What do we say back? He right. he was probably the most well-read mm-hmm. person I've ever met, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but the point of that is for him to understand the humility of God. Absolutely. That Max had the greatest influence on him. That is profound, knowing him. It, knowing him, you know wow. the intensity of my dad and all he had on his list to accomplish. And he always had three by five cards in his wallet that he'd pull out, and that was his to-do list and people he was praying for. He was the most organized, efficient person who was so mindful of every minute, and he knew that the most important thing he could do was to be present with his grandson with autism. In looking over those eight years, how has Max handled his homecoming Mm. to heaven? How how does Max uh, think of your dad as far as you can see? Well, he asks about grandpa. He'll say sometimes, is grandpa still in heaven? He still, uh, to this day, sleeps with, uh, with his grandfather's picture under his pillow. It's oh, so sweet. He loves him very, very much. Mm. I think about the impact my dad had on Max, and uh, probably the most profound impact is that when Max was 13, he gave his life to Christ. Oh, I know. One of the most beautiful moments of my life is, was watching my dad baptize Max in the little swimming pool beside my dad's house. Uh, I remember how moved Max was. He was, so, he was so quiet and pensive. And as that moment happened, I thought of all the things the world says my son cannot do. He can give his life to Christ. Nothing more important. God's, God's goal for Max is not that he become more like other young men. God's goal for Max is that he become more like Jesus. Very, very different goal. And that's truly the goal for all of us, right? The same goal for all of us. And what I love is that For the past 16 years since Max was baptized, every time he gets in the water, whether it's a hot tub or the ocean or a pool, he reenacts his baptism. (laughs) He puts his hand up like my dad had his. He puts his hand on his cheek and he says, because you love Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pushes himself down, he comes up and he yells, I got baptized! (laughs) All right, I want to um, explain this challenge that you have uh, for today's churches. We got to get to some practical things Mm -hmm. that we can do in the culture today, and we have probably about 10 minutes to get this done. Um, (laughs) Will the church be able to defend life if we're not willing to sit beside that same life? that is challenged in the ways that you've described, Max, mm-hmm. um, for an hour on Sunday. Right. I mean, it's one of, the, one of the most difficult things. And you've had some horrific experiences, I'm sorry to say this, but in churches. 
where Max has been a little disruptive. And mm-hmm. what are some of the things that people have said to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have to say Max absolutely loves church. And so he has no hesitation really going into other churches. <laughs> but uh, he also comes with a lot of unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> He's excited about the thing. Lord. He is his faith is so big and just squirts out. It's unmistakable and it's contagious. But there are people who have this sense that church is designed for those with the spiritual gifting of sitting still and being quiet. Right. They do not have those you know, spiritual and, you know, gifts. There's a place for that. I get that. There is. Absolutely. I want there to defend that person, a, too. Yes, there is a time and a place for it, absolutely. But uh, there was one particular church that we visited, and Max's joy was coming out, and he's <laughs> yelling in anticipation, uh, we're going to sing God's praises. And uh, a <laughs> woman came over and whispered to my friend in front who was with us. She said, he doesn't belong. Isn't that something? He doesn't belong. It it strikes me as how little they know, Mm -hmm. really, especially given what we just talked about with your dad. Oh, yeah. He doesn't belong. They're missing the opportunity to learn. Such a vast statement. He doesn't belong. My friend, thankfully, defended Max and simply said, all are welcome. Mm -hmm. All are welcome. And we stayed in that church. Uh, we stayed in that church, and we worshipped in a way that I'm not sure that church has ever experienced before. <laughs> it was aerobic, I will say that, but glorious. But there are so many families who have that very same experience with church, where they're, they're either asked to leave, they're told, we're sorry, we don't have a place for you here, um, they're shushed out of the sanctuary, or for the most part, our families just never dare cross the threshold. You know, that's a tragic reality for so many special needs families, and we in the church need to open our arms and uh, make sure they know all are welcome into God's family. Today on Focus on the Family, Emily Colson is challenging us to live out our pro-life beliefs in very practical ways. And She's written a beautiful book about her experiences in raising a son with autism. It's called Dancing with Max, and we have copies available at focusonthefamily.ca. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Insurance is all about convenience and claim service. Hi, this is Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. At Deeks, this means in case of an accident or loss, the last thing you should worry about is reaching your insurance broker. Our insurance partners offer 24-7 claim service to get you the help you need anytime, day or night. As your broker, we will be there to help guide you through the claims process. To learn more about our claim service or our home and auto insurance products, you can visit us at deeksinsurance.ca. Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? 
Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca. FocusOnTheFamily.ca Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Yeah, let me ask you, because I understand that balance. My brother's a pastor. We're sitting here at Mission Hills Baptist Church in Tampa. <laughs> pastor Paul Purvis is right in front here. He, he's the head pastor. It's a tough job. I mean, he's got to maintain some decorum in the assembly, and we're Definitely. talking about the Word of God. So I don't want to be too harsh. But Definitely. what are some things that churches could think about to help the plight? Oh, thinking of a single mom with an autistic child mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. What are some practical things that would help you? I think what families need to know is that churches will work with us to try to find some creative solutions so that the body is whole in the church. Uh, a friend of mine said, uh, if, if, That's yeah, good. thank you. Cut it loose. We don't want to be leaving out a body part from the church because our churches are, will then be disabled. We need the whole body in the church. Now, Max does not sit through the service. He doesn't really want to sit through our pastor speaking. He's not offended by it. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) I don't want to offend any pastors, but there's some able-bodied people that have that same perspective. That's exactly (laughs) it. Max is ahead of the curve. (laughs) He really is. (laughs) But... We need creative ways so that families, first of all, know they're remembered, they're thought of. When we're driving to church, I guarantee you, we are passing by homes where families are staying home on Sunday morning like we did for five years because I couldn't figure out how to do it. I just couldn't figure out how my wiggly loud child would be in a church. And we are passing by those homes where those families are looking out the windows saying, I wish I could go to church. I wish the church knew I was there. So I think it's first looking at our congregations, who is in the church, who do we have there, how can we better serve them? It starts with asking, right? It's this really complicated thing. You ask, how can we be there for you? How can we make this work for you? What might work for your child? For Max, he comes and he serves. So he's not coming to church to be taken care of. He comes to church to serve, which is glorious. I mean, it's just made this huge difference. It's messy too, though. It's messy. Oh, it's very messy. (laughs) It's very messy. 
one of the things that I so love is that our pastor just embraces Max's beauty in the midst of our church. Now, Max will talk. He will, he will say, hi, Paul, when the pastor comes out. And instead of Paul acting like he doesn't know what's happened, he responds, hi, Max. One morning, Max greeted the pastor as he came out with this sort of Johnny Carson thing. He said, hey, everybody, it's Paul. Give it up for Paul. And the whole church just broke into this eruption of applause. It was a chance to applaud our pastor. He got yeah. up there and he, w- he was so cool and he just said, Max is the Johnny Carson of our church. Yeah. <laughs> or it's Ed McMahon. Max is the Ed McMahon of our church. That's good. Well, in fact, you um, had an observation with Max where the, what you called the grunt crew or the cleaning crew they were busy stacking chairs and vacuuming, and you noticed one of the guys said to Max, hey, why don't you help us? Oh, and yeah. he loved it, right? Oh, that was the best moment. So we'd been home for five years from church, couldn't figure out how to get back. Max had been baptized. I thought, I can't not have Max in church. He can't be home. He's given his life to Christ. So I thought, we've got to go back to the one thing Max loved about church when he was young, and he loved it to be over. So we went when church was over. And one of the men asked Max to help stack chairs, invited him as we're leaving, put his hand on his shoulder as if he were knighting him, and said, Max, we could use you on the grunt crew. That was the cleanup crew. That one invitation, and one minute out of this man's life, to invite Max and say, Max, you're indispensable, you're needed, radically changed our lives. We came for six years to what we called Backwards Church. We showed up for the worship at the end and so that Max could serve on the cleanup crew. Oh, that is great. Isn't that great? It's great. That shifted into Max then becoming a greeter a few years back and serving at the Welcome (laughs) Center. And I want to tell you, I wish you could come to our church and be greeted by Max because he's leaping and dancing. And I watch people come through the door of our church and they're carrying all their burdens and the weight of the week. And I watch them meet Max's joy. And it's as if all their armor just drops right off and they're ready for worship. That's beautiful. It's glorious. Yeah. You know, Emily, as you're speaking, I'm reminded about the simple act of the grace of inviting Max to join the grunt crew. Um, the grace that we've experienced at our church is a lot of understanding that what comes out of my son's mouth may or may not be appropriate for the moment. It may be a little head-turning. There was a moment when he was in first grade in Awanas, and there, we love the teacher of the class. She's a dear, dear friend. And all these little first graders are gathered, and there's you know, 20 of them in the room, and she's wrapping up her lesson. So, as we've learned, class, who's the most powerful person on earth? And you know, 19 kids in unison you know, give the right answer, Jesus, and there's a pregnant pause, and then one lone child says, Satan. <laughs> Now, that was the last time my son attended Awana's, but that was my choice, not because the church shut him down. Um, I just realized it's not going to work. 
But there are moments like that scattered throughout our history at this dear church. And, and just like you expressed, our pastor and his wife and the people of our church have said, we're good with this. This is not normal. We're good with it. And we are supportive. And they offer grace, grace, grace That's that we it. so desperately need. That's it. That's Because we feel judged. Need. We feel right. like we're bad parents. We feel like, oh, sorry, I'm messing it up for you. Right. And they respond with, no, that's good. God's, oh. God's got it. Oh, yeah. That's a real gift, isn't it? It's an extraordinary It doesn't gift. take anything except a little space. That's exactly it. I think what I've seen with our church with Max is that with each step he takes, they just breathe a little deeper and make room for everybody, make mm. room for him. And people are genuinely on the edges of their seat I'm usually on the edge of my seat knowing I might need to chase or grab or do something quickly. But they're on the edges of their seats waiting. What is Max going to say? How is he going to delight us? That is so good. It's glorious. Yeah, that is so good. Emily, you have said it and said it so well. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for being such a great witness. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We need to be present as the church. We need to be bold. We need to be stepping in with families with disabilities. We need to be stepping in to hospice. We need to be going in to nursing homes. We need to be present as the body of Christ. This is our privilege. This is our honor. Yes, and you model it so well. Tampa, let's thank Emily Colson. John, it's my prayer that Emily's Witness for Life has inspired all of our listeners. I know it's inspired me. We want you to stand with us in this battle to transform hearts and minds across North America and literally around the globe. On Saturday, September 26th, we will declare this pro-life message that abortion is a terrible evil that must end because every heartbeat is of great value to our Heavenly Father. And that's why we're urging you to sign our pledge, hashtag love every heartbeat. And by signing that, you agree to pray for a reawakening in our culture today that we human beings are created in the image of God and that you'll uh, support men and women facing an unplanned pregnancy and rescue babies who are at risk of abortion. And then help us spread the word to our churches, communities, and our national leaders, sharing your pro-life beliefs and encouraging others to embrace them as well. It's all part of our Sea Life 2020 online event that's coming up on September 26th, and we've got details when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family, 800-232-6459, or visit focusonthefamily.ca. The Christian community cannot afford to ignore this issue of life. We have an obligation to protect and advocate for those who are the least of these in today's society. Sea Life 2020 will help you do that, and I hope you'll join us in about six weeks for this powerful online event. And please sign the pledge. It's important. We want the whole world to see that every human life is precious in God's eyes. 
And when you get in touch with us, let me also recommend that you check out Emily's book, Dancing with Max, A Mother and Son Who Broke Free. I really uh, like this book a whole lot. And um, you can get your copy from Focus on the Family Canada. And when you get in touch to order that, please make a generous financial gift if you can to help us continue to protect and advocate for life. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, or you can donate and get the book at focusonthefamily.ca. Well, we hope you have a great weekend with your family and your church family as well. And then on Monday, plan to join us for some insights about prayer from Elisa Morgan. So I find myself kind of tug of war between this is what I want, God, an honest kind of a prayer. And but what do you want, God, a more yielded, abandoned kind of prayer? I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Focus President Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. We'll invite you to join us again Monday as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. 